I know it's new for the American people, but Taylor, it is not a new concept for you and I. Fake news, man. Fake news. The common thing right now is everyone, right, is like, I don't even want to look at the news. I don't know what to believe anymore. And we have a double whammy because we have been getting bamboozled by this shit on the other side of it for what, years? Years. If not more. Like, it really could have been, like, decades at this point. How many conversations have you had lately where you're like, I know I need to keep up with the news to know what's going on and not be living in a wormhole, but it's, like, A, so depressing. I don't even know what to believe. It's so convoluted. And also, you guys know how we think about groupthink and PC culture. You can't even breathe or blink wrong. Otherwise, you get fired. Like, it's been huge stories how there have been really prominent journalists from the New York Times, New York Magazine, resigning. And they wrote beautiful letters that I basically have gotten off to being like, you can't even have a thought. You can't even explore something that's like not in your editor's pea brain. So that's like one part of it. Which, like, we're going to talk about today because we've experienced that part. Fox News is on to something. Let me tell you. Fake news. It's it's a real, real-ass concept. Tucker C. She's like Tucker. My homeboy. My best friend. My pet pal. Tucker invites people on the show just to, like, make fun of them. Can we start doing that? <laughs> yeah. Anyone brave enough? I mean, when you think about it, that's pretty much what our careers have been, right? Because we have been sort of Jedi mind tricking these celebrities, these poor celebrities, and normally we kind of make fun of them. And you guys, Emily and I were talking about it and we're like, damn, we are not CNN, Fox News, political, we're in the celebrity entertainment world. And like the shit that we have had to get out of celebrities, no wonder they despise our presence on earth. We're going to kind of take another approach today and sympathize with the stars and we're going to kind of acknowledge the other side there's another perspective out there that we usually don't talk about and it kind of needs to be addressed no it does your editor gives you a crazy assignment and like it's expected of you there's a reason why we're being asked to get these insane quotes these insane stories and it's because it's like what came first the reporter or the reader we're going after these insane questions and trying to get these sensationalized quotes because that's what people want to see. You want to go buy your almond milk at Ralph's while you see a picture of Jen Aniston on some tabloid saying that she's pregnant with six tuplets. That's what you want to see. So that's what we have to try to get. And honestly, I was thinking about it and I'll get into this a little bit more, but shit, like when you actually think about like the wordplay manipulation that reporters do like even though like we feel proud of it and we know we're impressing our editors like we're kind of fucking with people's lives a little bit like celebrities are people too so yeah let that sink in it is crazy and it's so much of it the bigger picture is like what do you guys the readers want because on the celebrity side Em's right. It's so much of this like tacky gossip. I, and like, I think that's why The Bachelor and those shows are so successful, right? Because it's like gossipy reality, mindless tabloidy shit, you know? But then it's like the bigger picture of this whole like everything is like politicized and on a side, every little thing you say. And it's like, is that at the end of the day what people want? Do people want this fucked up shit? I don't know. We're just going to really dive in, swan dive, backward dive, butterfly stroke into this scenario today. I kind of want to start by addressing like what made me call Taylor yesterday and be like, what's the tea? Why are we like this? Why is this the world we live in? So without like naming any names, because I don't want it to spread like wildfire even more than it already has. I, as you guys know, do publicity. And one of my clients gave an interview 
and it was about someone she had dated previously, like years ago. And the interview was so fun, so flirty. Like I was on the phone the whole time. I thought it like went really well. I thought we were going to get a good story out of it, get some good press around other things she was shaking up. Two days later, the interview comes out with the tackiest headline. Like this one quote she said as a joke, being like, like making fun of her ex. Like, oh God, yeah, he's so mature, whatever. Like the smallest, tackiest thing became front news tabloid front and center picked up by every single outlet you could possibly imagine and listen part of me is like good press is any like any press is good press it's eyes on your page whatever but then the other part of me is like fuck this guy this reporter who's probably sitting in his room like so proud of himself that he got that sensationalized quote that was blasted everywhere near and far country to country and i am over here freaking out trying to do damage control trying to wave off press who are like asking me if this quote was legitimate and I thought oh my god Taylor how many times have we been this guy where we're interviewing a celebrity and they say something totally out of context and we know in the moment that that one quote is going to be like the main thing and we blow it the fuck up and then they probably read it and they're like what the actual fuck I was literally coughing and like reaching into my bag and like mumbled something and then all of a sudden it's your headline shit wow like why and there's a reason why we give people this stuff it's because people want to read it it's not news if we're sitting there being like so-and-so's drinking coffee it's only news if they like spill the coffee on someone and get in a fight like so what's why why is why are we like this i don't know and i think it's so crazy because you were on the other side so we've talked about this before guys when we do a phone interview and the person you're interviewing their publicist will be on the line being like that's too far no don't go there and yesterday or whenever day was that yesterday was it and when the interview was you were that person i was that person that was me i was that tables have turned my editor was emailing me being like can we get exclusive quotes from you know blah 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 i'm like wow wow and then i didn't give it to them because i wanted the story to die like wildfire and then they called her salty in a headline so you know what celebs have feelings too i know it's a concept i know it's something we have to sink in even elizabeth chambers has feelings so let's just all like let that brew like a cup of hot coffee to give a little more context, your client is this like young, hot performer who dated a very famous guy in a famous family, right? And she said like great things about him. One like word she used to describe was like taken out of context, twisted, made the headline. That was a story. And I asked Emily, did they use all the other great stuff that she said about him? And she was like, no. So it's like so crazy because right when like we're on that other side being the reporter, we're like, oh my God, this is what my editor wants. They want this like shit. Meanwhile, you feel like ass. I'm never like, oh, this is exciting to get this person. I always feel like I'm like, this is just so tacky and it's just so crazy. The roles were reversed and you were seeing it from the outside. What in your head were you like, damn, this used to be me and that's bleak. I think I can compare it to like when you see those movies that show intense like fraternity sorority hazing when you're like sleeping peacefully down comforter Egyptian cotton and all of a sudden you are woken up at 4 a.m. with freezing cold water in your face like blow horn in your ear get the fuck out of bed and get moving like it was just such a come to Jesus moment where I was like 
oh my God, the amount of times I actually haven't felt bad at all whatsoever where I'm interviewing someone and I can't hear anything they say after they say what I know will be the headline. And it's just like disgusting. So, I mean, I was sitting there like, obviously, yeah, her other stuff wasn't plugged. She's doing some great things. And you know, you can look at it if you want. Like, I'd be interested to hear what you think about this, Taylor. Like, if you look at it from like the female angle, like if a guy was to say something about his ex, like what exploded the same way. But because this girl I represent is like, again, young, hot, has a huge following, known for being young and hot. Is that the reason why like people are calling her like the jealous mm -hmm. ex and he's like this you know, like very famous, classy family. Like you can look at all these other factors. I don't necessarily want to say it's because of that because like I hate when people play that card, but it just is interesting to think about. As a little experiment before we started, I sort of took a walk down memory lane and went through some emails with my editors when I worked at a gossipy magazine, if you will. Wink, wink. And I, you know, sort of looked at all of the crazy shit that they would have us ask celebrities, male and female. And that's what makes me think that people, I don't know if it's just a female thing because people are so savage. And you know, we've talked about this a little bit in the last episode, like talking to Julianne Huff's poor hairstylist who couldn't catch a fucking break. But any connection to anyone is what these people want. You know what I mean? So I don't even necessarily know if it's a male or female thing, like my Dennis Quaid thing. I literally have PTSD nightmares from that whole thing. Yeah, exactly. We were actually stopped midway through that journey. Like you could not complete the mission. It was aborted. But like the amount of times like the mission has been completed is just nine, nine out of 10. So you guys, to give a little context, because I actually haven't told this story, but I was supposed to interview Dennis Quaid. Um, this is like in the last year. He was promoting this new Netflix Christmas sitcom, right? At a junket, which we've talked about before, where you very awkwardly like go and sit one-on-one -on -one with the celebrity in a hotel room or something. Dennis Quaid, this man, is there to promote this like Christmas jingle balls fiasco. And my editors literally had a laundry list of questions. So I was like, this is literally giving me so much anxiety. It was so inappropriate because at the time he was engaged to that really young girl. I think that they're married now, but the questions were literally like your parent trap cast has made fun of the fact that like in the movie, you're going with this younger girl. Like, how do you feel about that? Like they wanted me to ask about his ex Meg Ryan breaking up with John Mellencamp and if he supported her and like how the young fiance was with his kids. Like all, I was just like this can't even be. So that's why part of me is like, I don't even know if it's a male female thing. I think it's just like a fucked up way that this insane place works. I don't even know. And thank God. Cause I literally like have the shakes. I was like, I can't go in there and bombard this poor man with these this questions. But all he's trying to do is like rock around the Christmas tree. And thank God I was sitting outside and he was out there. It was before our interview. He's having a cigarette you know, chilling. And then lo and behold, the publicist come up to me. It was like the saving grace from God, because I was like, please don't make me do this. Please don't make me do this. And they're like, yeah, Dennis is like really backed up today. He can't do the interview anymore with you because he like showed up late and he's really behind on schedule. And I was like, you know what happened, bitch? He saw that he was slated to talk to, you know what tabloid and was like the things I'd rather be doing. No, he'd rather be in a four-hour reunion Zoom with Lindsay Lohan and the Parent Trap cast. If there's a Parent Trap god, maybe it was Nancy Myers, whoever it was, 
had my back that day. Here's another story just showing like the wild lengths we will go to to get a like sensationalized quote if we are too scared to do it ourselves. This is not my story, but I feel like I have the right to tell it because I was on the crisis management team to put the fucking fire out when this happened. Here we go. Okay. I was on staff full time at this magazine for a while. If you don't know this by now, one of our freelancers was on a carpet and Scooter Braun is walking down the carpet. Scooter Braun is a big time celebrity manager, any superstar, you name it, Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, Demi Lovato. He has fucked with them all. He is public enemy number one of Taylor Swift. Quick little crash course history lesson of Scooter Braun. So this reporter had her kid with her at this event, this adorable, her adorable little daughter. Scooter Braun is walking down the carpet. The freelancer, I, let's, let's call her Sarah. That's not her name, but let's call her Sarah. Sarah logs down Scooter and it's like, oh, can we get a quick question? And then Scooter's like, oh, I don't, I don't think so today. And then her daughter, Sarah, tells her daughter to ask Scooter if she can ask her him a question. This woman pimps out her daughter. So Sarah's daughter goes, oh, mommy, who's that? And Sarah goes, this is all, by the way, this is all recorded. Like I heard all of this. Sarah goes, this is a nice man who represents the girl with a big ponytail, Ariana Grande. Get <laughs> your face. This lady is Kris Jenner. Sarah no. is Chris. No. So Sarah tells her daughter, ask the nice man if you can ask him a few questions. And Scooter bends down and goes, oh, hi, sweetie. Like, how are you? Whatever. Okay, this is a true story. So the, the recorder is still on. So Scooter is talking to this little girl. And the little girl asks him, like, Ariana's so pretty. Like, what is she doing? How is she? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh my gosh, like she's whatever. Like, and this girl does not know about Mac Miller and Pete Davidson. This girl is only concerned about coloring within the lines of her kindergarten homework. But she's suddenly asking like how Ariana Grande is feeling. And Scooter's like, oh, she's good. It's been hard, but she's good, whatever. It's been hard. You already know. You already know. Headline, next day, top of the line, Scooter Braun, quote, it's been hard for Ariana Grande. Okay. That's because this reporter's toddler kid asked Scooter Braun in casual conversation and a recorder picked it up. So lo and behold, guess who wrote the story up? This bitch. Guess who saw the quote and was like, oh my God, we need to use that. This bitch. So then all of a sudden Scooter Braun, who was a celebrity manager in of himself, has publicists of his own because that's the world we live in. They come mm -hmm. for me like starving wolves in a famine emailing me being like, where the fuck do these quotes come from? We talked to Scooter. He was talking casually to a kindergartner. Like, what is the deal? Like, what wh what is going on? And I loop in Sarah and I'm like, Sarah, please, please explain. I was like, peace the fuck out, like throwing away my key. I'm wow. out of here. Like these people were so shocked because like, that's the lengths we'll go to, to manipulate a fucking quote. Mm -hmm. Pimping out children. Welcome to 2020. If you thought 2020 was bad, honey, why don't you look back in your memory book of 2018? Sarah walked so Wayfair could run, okay? That's the deal. If you thought toddlers and terrors were exploiting these poor children, you don't even fucking know. That's a whole other thing. It's like, you don't even know where this news come from. Like the amount of times I have seen these young kids on red carpets being like, can I talk to you about blah, blah, blah? It's such bullshit. And like Angelina Jolie will be like, sure, sweetie. And like start breastfeeding them. And you're like, what the fuck? You're like, why did I go slave away at college for four years and in, in student debt when this embryo is having a full on Barbara Walters sit down with fucking Jen Aniston? No, exactly. Ellen does this all the time.
Don't Sorry. trust. Don't trust where your news comes from all the time. You just don't know. I really want to get into the times like I have been so cockblocked by editors who are in a funhouse of their own crazy ass shit. But how many times have our editors be like use lingo like dig into so like dig into like someone's secret marriage their pregnancies their exes you guys this is at a red carpet premiere like this is not an oprah one-on-one where are they now again it's like that fucked up balance i'm all about getting deeper and like pulling out something more meaningful and having like really deep like provocative conversations with these people but here's the thing there to me there's a difference between doing that and being tacky and being like so Anne Hathaway, do you, did you have a boy or a girl and did you eat your own placenta? It's just like, I don't know. Don't you think like, to me, there's that fucking difference. Yeah. If you thought you were surprised and blown away and thought it couldn't get worse than Tom Cruise jumping on a couch while shooting the shit with Oprah, then yeah, you should have seen me leaning over Anne Hathaway's shoulder, staring at her phone to try to see if the sex of her child was a boy or a girl. we told that story before the lanes we go to like we go to them because we get results and our editors are like oh shit these girls can actually get that so why don't I keep making them do it all the fucking time what Emily's saying about one word one blank one breath one sigh will be the story so one time I interviewed Andy McDowell who is Margaret Margaret Qualley's is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, her mom. Tell us, please, Margaret's claim to fame before she locks lips with Brad Pitt in uh, Once Upon a Time. What was her claim to fame? She was with Big Dick Pete. The rebound. <laughs> the rebound. And poor Andy. Like, Andy is this cinematic icon who's been in all these movies. And, like, her claim to fame now for our generation is, like, she's Margaret Qualley's mom. Like, poor fucking Andy. What do you think that the editors wanted, you guys? They wanted to know, how is Margaret doing? Is she still talking to Pete? Blah, blah, blah. So I bring it up in the most roundabout way I can. I'm like, it's obviously not fun to see your daughter being dragged through the headlines. Like, how, what advice do you give her? You've been in the business for so long. How do you, like, spend time with her? Blah, blah, blah. She says, it would be, like, tacky of me to comment on that. It's not really my place. Da, 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 da. And then she goes on to talk about how they do a lot of yoga together. What do you think happened? No mention of how it would be tacky for her to talk about it because of course it is. And then blast it on the headline. Post Pete Davidson breakup, Margaret Qualley doing tons of yoga with her mom, Andy McDowell. It's just like, again, fake fucking news. It's like, I don't really know that that's what she was getting at people. I don't know. Someone inspector gadget that shit. My uh, thought process is so much more fucked up than that because I thought they would have made the headline that she calls their breakup tacky. You never fucking know with these people. No, exactly. And it was so satisfying when it happened because I was like, she's basically calling this outlet tacky for wanting her to talk about this. We're like, you don't have to answer. We're not, we don't know her. Like we're just here for a good time and a short time. And like your, your call. This is just like stuff I am just like pulling out of basically the outrageous shit we've been asked to ask these people. I was at the Jojo Rabbit premiere, which Scarlett Johansson is in. She's like Oscar nominated for this movie, like ready to roll. And again, I'm not about kissing the celebrity's asshole and just asking them what they want to hear. I'm completely opposite. I'm like, no, that shit is boring. You guys know how I feel about that. But again, it's like there's a time and a place. Do you know what they wanted me to ask her at this premiere? Meanwhile, JoJo is swinging from her shoulders doing like a fucking crossword puzzle for 10-year-olds, okay? And they want me to ask her, so you're engaged like third time's the charm with a marriage? Like what makes it work the third time? How 
awkward. No, no, bitch. Hell no. And you know that moment, Emily, when they don't do interviews and you're so relieved? They whisk by you like NASCAR and you're like, oh my God, thank God. Thank God. It's like leaving dry bar with a fresh blowout. You just feel so rejuvenated like a newborn baby. How about this? When they wanted me, okay, Robert De Niro, again, silver screen, cinematic icon. He was doing the rounds because he was in The Irishman with Al Pacino. And I covered the Critic Choice Awards this year. And he was there. And literally on the list of questions that the editors stirred up and handed to my eyeballs was, would you try online dating period? Like, I'm sorry, you want me to ask this man who's like the age of my grandpa if he would try online dating? What? Also, like if he would get married again, like, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Do you want me to just create a Tinder profile for Robert De Niro on his lap? But again, it's like anything that you can get to pull out of them to get that one little headline. How about David Arquette? Like, God, this was another one. I covered a movie about the Parkland shooting and they wanted me to ask him about co-parenting with Courtney Cox. So So how did you get from A to B? to to x you have to have no soul you have to be satan's love child and be like so this is about kids who were shot you have kids who weren't shot and your kids you share with courtney so tell us all about like what in what world straight up ratchetry wait this is one of my faves how many times did people want you to get stuff on blake and gwen when you were at events with them oh well like this is usually like the voice stuff. Like you're covering the voice. Yeah, we talked about this. Like you're never asking the people on the show about how they feel about being on the show. You're asking them how they feel about any stolen moment they happen to see at Gwen and Blake locking eyes and what that means for their future of their marriage, their children, their engagement, their life, their retirement, every single aspect of their life, just from that one stare that you happen to see when you're walking by in rehearsals. Like the they dig so deep that it's honestly like, the audacity. And I feel so bad because I got this contestant to talk about how she saw this moment backstage where Blake looked at Gwen and no one else saw it but her and she was in her makeup chair and she's like, I think a proposal's on the way. This poor girl, that was her claim to fame since then. Saying that she thinks a proposal's on the way and I was like, oh my God, I'm the culprit. Part of me is also like, did this girl know? Like, did she plan ahead and does she know the game? Does she say, think that she would get a headline if she said that? So it's like, maybe not at all. And my brain is just so twisted and fucked up and thinks everybody wants press that I go there. But you never know. But here's what I want to ask you, because I feel like there's such a fine line because we give celebrity shit and we'll be like, okay, which I also agree with, which is like, you're a public figure. You're making tons of money off your fans. You signed up for this life. So take the heat of getting asked about your personal life. Like, I so don't agree with people when they're like, oh, let them be private. Like, no, bitch. They're already exploiting themselves to have these careers and these living in the lap of luxury. Like all of a sudden they can pick and choose what they talk about. However, to me, it's shit like this. It's like, just why? Why? I wish I had an answer. You should have seen like Naya Rivera when that all was going down, the like manhunt to find her body. There were photos published of her father like swimming in the lake to try to find her. And that was blasted everywhere. It's just like, there's no element of privacy anymore. And like, everything is just like sensationalized. It's just really, just honestly gross. I don't know. I guess again, it's like what the people want. 
that's I think what it goes back to I mean like because listen my grandma is the biggest fan of Queen Elizabeth like that she runs the Queen Elizabeth fan club on Instagram she is monitoring Facebook community pages like the amount of times she will believe anything about the royal family because OK Magazine told her to is all the fucking time so it's like sensationalism works like it works on my grandma who lives in Encino California it works on Bethany who lives on a farm in Idaho it works on everyone so it's like there's a reason why we're slaving away to get these disgusting quotes it's because people want to see them it's because this is what sells it's like sex sells sensationalism sells Scott the squat the scoot the stare it's all about the s's honey all all roads start and lead from the squat Sing it with me. The squat. The scoop. The stare. I felt like there was one more. Oh, snoop, snoop. The squat, the snoop, the stare. The latest new 100 billboard top charting song about how to make it in this like fucked up business presented by- The seance that I'm doing to cleanse my soul afterwards. Like my workout playlist is our remix of that song. Another side I want to get into though, and we've talked about this so many times, but I think a big problem people are having right now, again, is like, it's so obvious, it's clear as day. Like we don't need to unpack it all because it's just that fucking outrageous, but how group thing controls everything. Because although like we're talking about this like sort of silly, frivolous Robert De Niro's Tinder profile, which seems silly in the grand scheme of things, we do have a voice. Like we're writing, we're journalists, like we are in this you know, celebrity culture space. And I have had pushback so many times from editors because they are in the group think, whether it be like ideas for a piece or questions for a celebrity. And that's where it falls into this. Like, this is the shit they want. Or for other publications, I've had problems where they want to do like the PC bullshit. It's like so stifling. You have to be a robot. Absolutely. And it just feeds into like, because that's what sells apparently because like they're they're not doing this for no reason like there's research there's statistics there's algorithms and analytics behind all of this behind the assignments we're getting like it's because this is what people want to see when i pitched a piece all about me too that was like kind of against the grain it advocated for celebrities to not be hypocritical and be like if it's you're saying me too then name a name and stand up and do something about it just like on the sidelines whatever and no one picked it up. We've talked about this before. And of course, like maybe just the piece wasn't good, but I think it's because it was so controversial and people be like, oh, how could you say that? I think it feeds into this thing, which is like the woman is always right and blah, blah, blah. Like you can't even like challenge anything. I run into this a lot, you guys, with female centric issues and outlets. This is like an example that still pisses me off to this day. I was working for this female pussy power outlet. I've talked about them before. And for them, I interviewed Charlize Theron for her movie, Tully, where she plays a single mom. And it's right when Me Too started blowing up. And the director of her movie was a guy. And the movie was all about like pregnancy and all this shit. So I asked her, you know, how I feel like there's such a gap between men, right? Like men started being afraid of women because they're like, I'm afraid of you guys. So I talked to Charlize about it and she literally said, which is crazy because you never get celebrities to say this shit, but she was like, we have to be careful to not ostracize and isolate men. Like we have to get them in on this, which I completely agree with. And I pitched it to my editor. I was like, I love this angle. I think like, this is how we get the conversation going. She literally writes me back no pass. And this is like paraphrase, but not so much. I don't know, like the legalities of saying what was in an email. However, Hillary Clinton, if you're listening, please let us know the legalities of what emails you can and cannot share. 
no hill share the ways share the ways and this lady was said i don't love the idea of making the peace why we need to be more appreciative of the men in our lives Again, it's like, right, because your little outlet is so obsessed with pushing this narrative that's like, women, 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 and men suck that you can't even publish this amazing quote that Charlize Theron said. That's fucking true. It's such bullshit. Like, it happened another time with them. I was covering this. We've talked about it, the female empowerment app. You know the drill. This, like, feminist convention fucking shit. And- one of the questions that I wanted to ask celebrities there that I pitched to my editors at this outlet was how do we bridge this gap between men and women? Cause it's just getting bigger and bigger during the me too era. Literally. She's like, no, we can skip that one. Like I'm not, no, no. And I challenged her being like, but don't you think that this is something we need to talk about? And it just was like clear as day. It's like, right. Because that's not your narrative. Wow. I like that you challenged her, even though it's like such an, like who cares publication, like you still have the right to like be like, why not? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On all fronts, I don't even know what to believe anymore. At the end of the day, do you know what I think it is? I think it's all what these high up, small minded, in a box editors want. Whether it be the fucked up questions you have to ask celebrities in entertainment journalism or the ideas you pitch, the stories you pitch, the questions you pitch. At the end of the day, just be weary, you guys, because it all comes down to what these fuckers want. Yeah. You don't have any saying it. If you thought you did, then that's, you no. Know. If you're listening to this and you're in college right now and you think you're going to write, like you're going to emulate Kate Hudson in, ten, in a How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days and challenge your editor to not make you write about shoes, you can write about politics after you turn in a 10-page assignment, then you are sorely mistaken. Mistaken, honey. No. And I love what Andrew Sullivan wrote in his piece. His He had this established column in New York Magazine for years. And he basically says, because I wasn't in groupthink and, you know, had a brain and challenge stuff. Like I was completely, you know, I was ostracized and people here wanted no, no association with me. But he says, like, instead of criticizing the model and how fucked up it is, like the best way to move forward is for independent thinkers like the blondes to like keep going and going and do our thing and talk freely. But it's fucking hard, man, because you have these gatekeepers at the very top. They decide everything. I think it all comes back to like what comes first. Like I really think everything, like the gatekeepers are feeding into their audience. The audience wants to see something. Their reporters need to get it. Like it's just, and then if one person dares to mess up the system, the circle, it's like everything is just thrown the fuck off and no one knows how to operate when we have to work independently and try to challenge the norm. So in an ideal world, because you were talking about how like these celebrities, again, it's a balance because we're like, no, you should be talking about your life. You're a public figure. Get over it. Or like what you were saying before, how there's no privacy. So like in your mind moving forward now, because I think this whole thing is going to shake up celebrity news and how it's reported. Absolutely. Because the other thing I always tell people that fucks us up is like celebrities used to need us to get their message out, to get their stories across. And now they can hop on Instagram live and show us their whole vulva. I don't blame celebrities. I don't blame them for hating us. To be honest with you, like we hate us sometimes when we look at what we have to do. Like shit. Like I wouldn't want someone staring over my phone, just me thinking they're another guest at a party when really they're trying to figure out if I'm drinking seven up or a vodka soda. Like we're very intrusive. We're not like, you know, unless you're, unless you're Diane Walters, you're not really asking like, nice questions that people want to hear and want to discuss. Like, I'm sorry, nobody wants to talk about like the same old boring topics. No one wants to hear how you're like, everybody's always asked like, how are you empowering people? How are you staying busy? Like, so no, like I get why they're upset when they don't want to talk about 
the easy things. But then again, like we're not, you know, we're not giving them fair questions. A lot of this stuff is like wildly intrusive. So like there needs to be like a balance. And also it's like, yeah, of course they're not going to trust us when we're pimping out children and we're twisting around words and we're doing like, I mean, like luckily my client like is just the most low key person and she laughed it off and she, and I told her like, Hey, like more eyes on your social, sweetie, like let the haters come. The haters are the one that they, they ride or die for you. Like hate you or love you. They're still looking at your shit. And she literally could care less. But like a lot of people don't have a thick skin like that. Like celebrities have feelings too, especially like, you know, the TikTok stars are the ones that are like, we're really paying attention to now. Like these are 14, 16 year olds who have an obscene amount of fame and notoriety. And if work, if Car- and like TikTok became famous in quarantine, right? But if we're thinking about it, and if they're that start being on carpets, are we going to like start asking 14 year olds about their dating lives, about their sex lives, about their date nights? Like, it's just like, it, it's going to get more and more intense, in my opinion, if we pick up where we left off. And I totally agree that if someone, if I were doing an interview and I felt like it was a really solid, great interview and someone took one goddamn word out and blasted it from here to the Milky Way, I would be like pissed. I'm sure at some point these celebrities, A, either like your client, learn to just take it with a grain of salt and laugh it off. Or honestly, and I know this pisses us off so much, but when they just don't do press, because on that end, I could see why. It's like, why? You guys misconstrue everything anyway. I get it. There just needs to be, I wish we could all like come together and eat rainbow cake of sprinkles and butterflies. And like, honestly, we need a town hall. We need a discussion. We need the PR, the agents, the publicists, the writers, the editors. We need to all figure out how we're going to make this work because like the model we have right now is so obsessively unsustainable. Mm -hmm. It just is. We need to have a Girl Scout kumbaya fire and not invite anyone who is on Epstein's jet log. Do you know what I mean? Like that kind of sitch. Mm-hmm. Exactly. She like nods all like, like thinking about it. She's like, actually, yeah, yeah. No, it's true. I think it comes from like the top down. Cause all these people also like running this shit. I can't, it's like stone age. I feel like two media, especially in entertainment, they like to think that they're so edgy and outside the box and progressive and case in point with so many of these stories, they're the opposite. They're like cavemen. So small minded. And what they say goes, and it's like, you guys, you guys gut the system, basically just let us take over and run this shit. Yeah. We need to all have this understanding to start making like reporters be allowed to be more free, but then also, mm-hmm. you know, we got to sell stories, right? We got to like, mm-hmm. like this industry is like a dying one. So you got to still sell the magazines, but like, how do you give things people want to read? How do you like retrain an audience to like, not want to hear about right. like obscene stuff? I mean, I think everyone in this business, which again is so ironic because you think like, right, it's risque. You're dealing with rock stars and movie stars and sexy people and sexy photo spreads. But I think people are so afraid to take a risk. They're so afraid to take a risk. And we've dealt with it with this podcast. So many people won't come on this podcast because, or, you know, we pitched it around and people are, it's outside the box, you know, it's not PC and people are afraid to take a risk. So I think like, you're right. Maybe they retrain the audience and say to themselves, like, I'm not going to pitch asking, you know, I'm not going to ask Michael Sheen about seeing his ex-wife Kate Beckinsale with Machine Gun Kelly, like this tacky stuff. And the audience maybe just has to deal, take a risk and do something in that middle ground, what you're saying and deliver that shit like a hot pizza pie with the pepperoni. 
and you're the delivery man, honey. Let them dig in. Amen. Yeah. Just like letting us speak freely and being open to more ideas. And that's like such an overarching issue right now. I hope that we get to a place where there's not so much pushback. I think it takes people who are more open-minded and not in the like Nazi regime of groupthink to get to higher positions and we'll make this shit sail off seas. Not Titanic style. We ain't hitting that iceberg. We gotta we gotta find a way to go around it. The iceberg is groupthink and the mob, and we are the sailors. And the door with Jack and Rose is what we're not trying to be. We're 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 over it. Yep. Ahoy, matey. You know, you guys, this was just like a little taste, obviously, in the entertainment side of things and the cultural side of things and how everything you get really is skewed or manipulated in some way. So I think we just want to leave you with like, really keep your eyes open, my friends. Keep them wide ass open because just don't take everything you see at face value. Really get your trench coat, investigate, take it all with a little, you know, little caution, if you will. A little grain of pink Himalayan salt.